recording started because I am recording this for my class and um, I'll also get it uploaded to YouTube. Now, for those of you listening, if you never heard um, me teach on this topic before, prepare to be blessed by it. And listen, these classes are not intended for you to sit back and judge anybody. Um, it is for self um, enrichment, your personal enrichment. If you are a leader, um, this class is going to bless you. It's going to provide you some insight. It's going to, um, you'll grow, you'll grow from it. And um, if you're serving in leadership, you will also grow because it may answer some questions that you have that you may not um, have come to realize, or why am I supposed to do this? And why, um, you know, am I being asked to do this? Or why am I being asked to report this? Or why should I be accountable? So my prayer is that by the time we're done, you'll have um, gained some type of insight in terms of, you know, why that's important and so forth. So I'm gonna go ahead and get started. All right, so School of Apostolic Ministry, we are keying into your Jethro. And we're going to begin looking at, okay, I'm going too far. We're going to begin in Exodus chapter 18. And we're going to look at verses 1 through 27. Now, I'm not going to read the chapter to you in its entirety. I'm going to do a lot of summary, um, and I'm going to do a lot of reference to the text. And so, um, you know, if you're looking to go back to it a little bit later, it'll make more sense to you then, but I'm not going to read it to you in, in its entirety. But at any rate, we're going to be talking about keying into your Jethro, and we're covering Exodus chapter 18, verses 1 through 27, and we're going to look at two major points here. We're going to look at Jethro's responsibility to you, and then we're going to look at your responsibility to your Jethro, all right? And so one of the main things that I want to um, sort of keep help. Uh, encourage you to keep at the very forefront is to understand why you need that Jethro. And in the biblical sense of it, Jethro was an older man. But when we talk about the Jethro's in terms of this message and the context of this message, we're talking about a male or female, man or woman, whom God is using to help navigate you through um, maybe a shift, maybe through some challenges, um, a male or female who was not necessarily chronologically older, but definitely more mature than you, more spiritually mature than you, people who have insight. And um, as we go a little bit deeper into um, the character of the Jethro, you should be able to identify who your Jethro is. You should be able to identify if you are somebody's Jethro. So let's go ahead and get started. But I want you to keep in mind too that the name Jethro means overflow, prosperity, excellence, and abundance. So if you keep that in mind, that whoever this Jethro is, <laughs> excuse me, whoever this Jethro is in your life, this person has the capacity to bring overflow, prosperity, excellence, and abundance. So this is why we're talking about keying into your Jethro. When I say key into that, I want you to understand that your Jethro is a door. And again, this door, it can open you up to overflow, prosperity, excellence, abundance, and all that comes along with it. As we get into the study, it'll make more sense to you. So let's look at Jethro and Moses's relationship. Um, I'm gonna cover verses one through 17, and I've summarized that here for you. And then when we get into the more meat of it, we look at Jethro's um, responsibility to Moses, and then we'll look at Moses' response then, you know, we'll look at it a little bit differently at that point. But for right now, let's look at verses one through 17. And I've summarized it here for you. And um, you can screenshot it 
or um, you can look at it later if you're not able to catch it, if you're driving or you're eating or whatever you're doing. Um, and I'll post this on my YouTube channel too. Uh, so opening up in Exodus chapter 18, the Bible sorts of walks us into what this Jethro and Moses relationship looks like. It actually helps to build the foundation it's very important to look at the foundation of a relationship. That foundation of a relationship is going to tell you how sturdy it is, how sustainable it is. And it can also tell you um, how, you know, what your endurance is going to look like. So the foundation of a relationship is key, is very important. In terms of Moses and um, Jethro's relationship, when, Jeth when Moses left, when God called Jethro, called Moses, and he um, left his wife Sephora, left their two children, and went to uh, respond to the call of God to deliver his people out of Egypt. Je they kept their relationship. I find that um, times uh, we don't always do well with that. Sometimes we walk away. And I've seen memes, and I've seen people quote some things on social media that walking away doesn't always mean that it has to be a hard stop. Um, it, it can be a Mizpah covenant. You know, the Lord is watching between us while we're absent. And so, but between Jethro and Moses, um, they kept that relationship, that spirit. Jethro kept spiritual watch or provided a, a spiritual covering for Moses. A lot of times people wonder, well, where's that word come from? And where's that in the Bible? And it may not be explicitly stated, but it is implied. You can find it implicitly um, stated as you read, as you study. No, the spirit will open these things up to your understanding. But in verse one, we find that Jethro kept a watch. He covered Moses because that was a tremendous work to leave your family, first of all, and to return to the place that um, turns your life upside down to begin with, to return to Egypt. And you're just not returning to Egypt, but you're returning with such a heavy assignment. You're returning to, uh, first of all, confront Pharaoh. So you're confronting powers. Um, you know, spiritual weakness in high places. So you're, you're doing spiritual warfare, you know, on a very intense um, level, very aggressive level. You, you, you need somebody covering you. You need someone watching for you. Um, and then he's having to deal with his family. He's dealing with Aaron. He's dealing with Miriam. And they hadn't seen each other in 40 plus years. So you can imagine the family dynamics. And then there's the people. By this time, they had forgotten God. They were murmuring and complaining. We see that all throughout their wilderness experience. And so this was a heavy assignment that Moses had. But the Bible lets us know here in Exodus 18, 1, that Jethro kept his ear to the ground. He kept this watch. He kept this covering over Moses. He could, he overheard. So there was somebody bringing Jethro a report. Now, I'm not talking about some nosy somebody just being messy, but I'm talking about a spy. You know what I'm saying? On a, to your benefit. But somebody who's just kind of watching, looking out for you and letting Jethro know, hey, Moses is... um you know, this is what's happening or what have you. In verse six, um, when Jethro uh, comes to Egypt, uh, to, uh, to the wilderness rather, to visit with Moses, he brings the poor, brings the children or whatnot, and they sort of have this um, abbreviated family reunion. But Jethro is there for another purpose. So Jethro is there on assignment to look after Moses and to, to watch over him and to check in with him. And so you find that Jethro says, hey, I'm your father-in-law. So he affirms this position in Moses' life, which I think is very important. Um, he establishes pedigree. If you all were listening to a message that I did a couple of weeks ago, I think it was days ago, I can't even remember what it was, but I talked about how we have gotten away from pedigree. We've gotten away from fatherhood and from motherhood, naturally and spiritually. And uh, But Jethro here, affirms that, hey, I'm your father-in-law. 
This is the same thing that the father did when Jesus was baptized. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And so it is important to have that, um, that pedigree established so that we know where you came from. We know who sent you. We know who authorized you, okay? And so Jethro affirms it and Moses agreed to it. And so the thing about a Moses-Jethro relationship, it is not one-sided. Um, it is not one person um, there for the fishes and loaves, one person connecting with you because of who you are and what you have, or somebody connecting with you because of um, some selfish agenda or motive that they have, but this is a mutual beneficial relationship. Jethro affirmed his position in Moses' life. Moses agreed to it. They were both consenting to this relationship. That is very important. It has, for it to work, for it to work, we each have to understand our role. <clears throat> we have to understand our roles. In verse seven, Moses gave Jethro respect. The Bible said he gave in the King James versions, he gave obeisance to him. In other words, he bowed down to him. He respected him. You know, there was no question for anybody who was around Moses, for anyone who was watching, they knew this man has great respect. They have never seen Jethro a day in their life, but they knew by virtue of the way that Moses approached him and by the way that Moses received him, that Moses had great respect for him. So again, we talk about how this relationship is established. There were no questions about who Jethro was in Moses' life and what he meant to him and vice versa. So the Bible says that, that uh, Moses gave obeisance to um, Jethro uh, Jethro um, blessed him as well. And then they begin to ask each other, well, how are you doing? You know, how are things faring or what have you? And so verse eight talks about how Moses gave Jethro full disclosure. Again, we're talking about establishing relationship. And one of those keys or truths in establishing a relationship is you got to be honest. You know what I'm saying? This is not the time to showboat and, you know, play games and, and be egotistical and all of that stuff. This is the time to be honest. Hey, I'm struggling here. I'm dealing with this. I know when I check in with my uh, mentors and, you know, I say, hey, this is what's happening. This is what's going on. This is what I'm dealing with. Um, this, <coughs> excuse me. This is what's working. This is what's not working and so forth. And so they were able to establish um, the truthfulness of where they were um, with each other. It was, it, nobody was playing games. You know, they were honest. Hey, this is, this is what's going on with me. So again, they established a relationship in honesty, checking on one another. And Moses gives Jephro a full disclosure in verse eight. And he talks about how God delivered them from Pharaoh. He talks about the trials, right? Those 10 plagues. He talks about the deliverance, how God delivered them. So Moses takes his time and he explains to Jethro all the wonderful works of the Lord, everything that God had done. And so in verses nine through 12, then Jethro is rejoicing. That's another foundational truth in establishing a relationship. Am I truly happy for what God is doing in your life? Or, you know, is there some kind of hidden animosity, uh, enmity, strife, jealousy? You know, is there something going on in my heart? But here we find that Jethro wholeheartedly rejoiced with Moses. And not only did he rejoice with Moses, but they invited Aaron. Aaron was the high priest, so several high-ranking officials here blessing God. And the Bible also says that Jethro made offerings unto the Lord and, um, you know, made uh, sacrifices because, you know, he was blessing God for this deliverance work that God had done through the hands of Jeff, uh, Moses. So again, we see that these are two individuals, both of them are leaders in their own right. Um, Jethro trained Moses in a lot of leadership, you know, as far as when he was in Midian and so forth. And so he was coming to check on 
you know, how, how things were going. And when he finds out that Moses is doing well, he's rejoicing. I'm happy to hear that, man. I mean, you know, good for you. Good job. Let's, you know what, let's bless God. Let's have worship. Let's just, let's just give God some offerings and, and let's just let heaven know how much we appreciate um, the work of God. And so this takes place in verses nine through 12. And then we move to verse 14. I had to lay a good foundation for you. We move into verse 14 where we're starting, starting, it's starting to get a little thick now, right? And so Jethro, the very next day, the Bible says Jethro sort of follows Moses out um, to kind of make some observations. Uh, it might be something like a follow you to work day or let me shadow you at work today, right? And it wasn't, Jethro wasn't doing this to mock uh, Moses or to see, let me see if he's really saying, you know, if he's really doing what he's, what he say, or yeah, it wasn't like he's trying to check on him to make sure he's telling the truth. It was just, hey, I, I want to be a part. All right. So finishing up with um, where Moses and Jethro begin to establish their relationship, we find here now that we're moving into the meat of it, where Jethro decides to follow Moses and sort of watch him as he's leading, going about his leadership work. Now, one thing I stated, I don't know if you guys caught this or not before, um, my internet shut down, but Jethro was not following Moses to be picky or to be critical or to be condescending. That was just a part of him being connected to the work and wanting to see, you know, the manifestation of it, all these good works that Moses had told God, told Jethro that God had done. He wanted to see it. He wanted to be a part of it. And so that's what took place. And so, uh, as Jethro is observing Moses's work, he starts asking questions. And those questions you'll find in Exodus chapter 18, verse 14. But Jethro's asking questions like, you know, why is it like this? And why are you doing this? And, and you know, so forth and so forth. And what I love about Moses in verses 15 through 16 is that Moses responds and he gives, he gives um, explanation. He doesn't say, well, it's none of your business. Who do you think you are? Because they had this relationship formed and they had this relationship established and it was a good, healthy relationship. It was a mutual relationship, a consenting relationship that benefited, benefited both parties, even though the questions that Jethro asked were hard questions. And I really want to convey that point because sometimes we have a tendency to feel um, battered or attacked or, um, you know, sometimes our egos or pride gets bruised when people ask us about, you know, some of the work that we're doing and why we're doing it that way. Um, it's not always to be taken critically. You know, sometimes, especially if this person is your Jethro, it's because they want to get some insight. They first want to hear your side of it. Why have you decided to do it this way? And then they have some insight that they're going to share with you that's going to be helpful. So we really have to be careful about how we receive instruction, correction, redirection, because a lot of times based upon our reception, based upon our perception, we can shut some things down. And the very ones that God has sent into our lives to be a blessing and to be a help, we can run them away. Because instead of us looking at them as a person who can be helpful, a person who has more insight, a person who has more experience, a person who is more skillful and knowledgeable in that area, you know, we, 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 we feel, um, you know, we internalize it, we feel attacked, and then, you know, we start bringing harm to that relationship. And, and so we want to be very mindful because when Jethro asked Moses about why he was doing it that way, why, why are you the only one ministering to all of these people? Where's your help? 
it wasn't that Jethro was coming to criticize. Jethro knew that the way, and he actually said it to Moses. He said, man, if you keep on doing things the way you've been doing it, you, you want to die before your time. And so again, sometimes when we talk about these Moses-Jethro relationships, and for those of you that missed the first part of it, because my internet shut down, I encourage you to go back so you can kind of get a little bit of foundation of where we are. But, you know, when we talk about keying into your Jethro, understand that this person, male or female, that Jethro person in your life, God has blessed them with wisdom. God has blessed them with some insight. They, um, they, they, are, they are carriers of counsel. And so even though they may be asking you, well, why are you doing it this way? Why is that like this? Why? You know, those are some hard questions. And depending on who we are and how we perceive being questioned, yeah, you can feel offended. You know, we can be offended by that. But when you are questioned like that by your Jethro, you know, what's helpful for you? And let me encourage you is to not look at it as if they're coming down, condescending, shaming you, scolding you. But they're, first of all, giving you the common courtesy to explain what I'm seeing, right? Help me make sense out of this because I'm, I'm not understanding what I'm seeing and understand that Jethro was a leader long before Moses was. Jethro was a leader. He was the high, he was the high priest of Midian. So we're not talking about somebody who's just, who just showed up yesterday and trying to tell you how to run your stuff. But this is somebody who was an experienced uh, a priest He's a, he's a very established, renowned man in his, in his, you know, in, in his town, in his, in his own environment. He has a father, grandfather, whatever, you know, he's somebody that, you know, wants to be a blessing to your life. <coughs> Again, this doesn't have to, be, have to be male or female. I'm just talking about these Jethro's because a lot of times we say, well, God, I don't have any help. You told me to do this and you told me to do that. And I don't have any help. And I'll maintain and tell you many times we do have help. We just, we fail to identify our helpers. We fail to identify our helpers. And so this class, this course, this teaching is, is designed to kind of help you reframe your mind around that. So Jethro was asking him some questions. And Moses, I love Moses' response. Moses answered every single, uh, excuse me, every single question that Jethro had. He explained, well, this is why I'm doing it like this. And this is, now I'm not saying the explanations made sense because it didn't, not as far as Jethro was concerned, but he, he, he gave him space and he said, okay, why is this happening? Why is that taking place? And Moses responded. Every question that Jethro asked Moses, Moses responded with an explanation. Because again, they're building upon a mutual respectful relationship and look, everything is going smooth. So even when we get to this point to where you're asking me some hard questions, there's no reason for this relationship to suffer as a result of that. And we find that things will go fine as long as everybody is agreeing with you, as long as everybody is saying what you want them to say and doing what you want them to do, we get along fine. But the minute you start asking questions or the minute you start suggesting me that I do something different, then this relationship is going to start going through some struggles. Um, but you will find here this was not the case between Jethro and Moses. So let me finish this up so we can get into the heart of what we're talking about. So as Moses was responding with his answers and giving explanation, Jethro was like, this is not working. <laughs> he said, this, he's a man. <coughs> he said, no, this is not going to work. And so Jethro, even though he loved Moses, and even though Moses loved Jethro, there, Jethro disagreed with 
Moses's current style of leadership. And it wasn't against Moses. He loved Moses as a person, but he understood that Moses, if you continue leading like this, and this can reference to church leadership, business leadership, those of you in supervisory positions on your job, home leadership, community political area, whatever, you know, however, it, wherever it fits, go ahead and fit it in there. And, and, and so Jethro was like, hey, I love you, but man, let's talk about your leadership style. I, I'm, I'm disagreeing with some of what I'm seeing you do. And it's not so much that, you know, I, I'm not, I love you, but I'm concerned about some of the things that I see you do. So let's move on. Let's talk about what um, Jethro actually saw Moses do. So you'll find that in Exodus chapter 18, verses 18 through 27, where um, Jethro starts talking about uh what Moses was doing wrong, okay? And, and I'm not gonna read all of that to you, but I, in your own spare time, I referenced the text here for you. But here are some of the principles, okay? For the, lack, for the sake of time, here are some principles that Jethro sowed. That's why I have my little picture of the man with the, with the seed. Here are some principles that Jethro sowed into Moses. Now, this sowing principle came out of relationship. Many times we expect people to just open up their wells of wisdom and tell us, tell me how you did this. Tell me how you did that. Tell me. And, and we, you know, and we want all of that from them. We want all of this seed and all of this knowledge from them. But have you sown into that relationship? Have, has, the, has there been an established relationship? Is there a relationship established? Or are we in it for what we can get? Are we in it for the fishes and loaves? Show me how to do it. Good. Thank you. Bye. Or are we in it because, hey, there may be some things you say to me I may not like, but I know you never mean me harm. I know you never um, will do me evil. So even if I dislike what you say, I know you're saying it for my good. And so these are some principles that, that, that Jethro sold into Moses. Jethro understood, look, I, first of all, this is your thing, Moses. I'm not going to be here. I'm not even called to be here. My work is back in Midian. And when I'm done fellowshipping and having, you know, uh, you know, a good time with you, I'm going back. But I can't, I love you too much and I care about you too much. And I'm invested in the leader in you too much to walk away without sowing the seed into you. Because I'm that person for you. There was, nobody else could sow this into Moses but Jethro. Some of us, we have certain people. I'm not saying you only have one Jethro. Some of you may have two or three Jethros, depending on, you know, how industrious you are. But you should have at least one that you can identify. And, and you know, they're not going to always call you, be around you, hang around. And, and so conversations that they have with you, you really want to pay attention. You, if that means taking notes, or if that means just, you know, getting rid of the <clears throat> distractions. But you really want to get into a place where you can pay attention to what this person is saying to you, because these can be matters of death and life. And so Jethro begins to sow into Moses these leadership principles. Number one, he says, or it's, it's inferred here, Jethro knew where Moses' failures were. Sometimes when, you, I know for me personally, when I'm doing something, you know, I, I, I have my Jethro's, I've got three that I'll say, hey, what do you think about this? Or, I'm, you know, just kind of feeding the wise, send an email or what have you, just to get some insight. Um, and that Jethro will tell you, well, I think this will work fine for you. Or they may say, no, nah, I don't think this is the season for you. Or, 
have you looked at it differently? In other words, that Jethro, because they, again, they have more experience, they're more seasoned, uh, they're more mature, they can see sometimes areas of failure that we can't see. And they can see areas that even in our character, we haven't grown into yet. Some of us have mounted platforms that our character has not yet been fully formed for. I was talking about Joseph in a couple of classes ago, and I talked about how he was prophesied to the palace, but look at what he went through to get there. And so even when he was in the prison and he told the, um, the baker or the cupbearer, cup he was like, don't, don't forget me, right? Um, Moses, Joseph was going through a little crisis. You know, like, you know, the Lord is not going to forget you. He didn't forget you in Potiphar's house. Why do you think he'll forget you here? But Joseph was going through something. And he said, hey, don't forget me, right? Well, of course, it was not time for the cupbearer to be mindful of what Joseph said. So God conveniently erased his memory from it until Pharaoh had a dream. <coughs> Excuse me. So we have to be careful about trying to mount platforms that our characters haven't been fully formed for yet because we'll get there, but you don't have the character to sustain you there. And so but that Jethro will say, hey, you're doing a good job, but I see an area right here that you're struggling in. And Jethro understood that Moses had some anger in him. Rightfully so, he had a rough life, right? I mean, rough young adult life. And so he understood that. And so he was like, hey, man, this is going to kill you. You know, you're going to get to the point to where you're going to get overwhelmed and it's going to take you out of here. And so Jethro, no, you're Jethro, can it be a male or woman? They, man or woman, they know your areas of struggle. They know the areas you fail in or can fail in. And it's not for them. They're not trying to capitalize on it or embarrass you. Many times their warnings can preserve you from making a big, big, big mistake. I'll never forget a few years, several years ago now, I was given an um, invitation to this platform. It was a national televised platform. And um, I had received the email, was invited to do uh, a um, video interview, what have you. And at that time in my personal life, I was going through H-E double hockey sticks. I mean, I was really going through some things. And, um, but that opportunity came at the same time. And so what did I do? I reached out to my Jethro. And I said, um, Jethro, <laughs> I received this invitation. I received this opportunity. And, you know, it sounds good. I'm really excited about it. But what do you think? And that my Jethro said to me, no, ma'am, this is not the season for that. This is not what God is doing. Do you really want to be doing that? We're dealing with this. And it was a <coughs> hard conversation. It was a hard conversation because my flesh wanted to mount that platform, honey. I mean, I wanted to get up there. And I mean, not so much be seen, but I, I, I was I was ready to go, opportunities and things and doors that opened. I, I was ready to go. It was not my time. And so thank God that my Jethro looked beyond the money I could get from it, the accolades, the attention that I could get from it. And my Jethro was more concerned about my soul and my family and my livelihood and my ministry. And my Jethro said to me, no, no ma'am, no daughter. That is not what God is doing. <laughs> and I said, Thank you, sir. Thank you. Did I, was that what I wanted to hear? My God, no. I wanted my Jethro to say, daughter, go be strong in Lord and, and plug me in when you get there. That was not what God was doing. That was not my season. And I thank God that the program went on and everyone who was a part of it, praise God, 
<laughs> it just, it, it, it was a big mess. And my life continued to go through a spiral at that time. So my Jethro preserved me. Remember what I said? Let me go back in my slide for those of you that might've missed it. I said that that word Jethro, his name means um, overflow, prosperity, excellence, abundance, okay? So that Jethro has a prophetic purpose in your life. So Jethro knows where your failures are. That's why you gotta have that established relationship to where you can trust your Jethro, not just when they prophesy and tell you to get ready to go to the nations, but when that Jethro tells you no, when that Jethro says you're not doing it right, when that Jethro tells you that's not what God is doing, can you still respect that Jethro? Remember we talked about in, in Exodus chapter 18, 18 <coughs> three or four, when Moses bowed down and gave Jethro obeisance, and we do that. We bow down and respect this person. This is my Jethro. This is my man of God. This is my woman of God until they tell you no. And then, oh, the Lord told me it's time to go. <laughs> it's time for a new man of God. It's time. Some of us are swapping Jethro's left and right. Well, you ain't swapping the Jethro because God assigns that. But we swap these people left and right because we're looking for what we can get. But that true God sent anointed Jethro, listen, they're not going to push themselves on you. They're going to fulfill that assignment that God has for them, and they're going to let you be great, <laughs> okay? Because guess what? They're going to go back to Midian and, um, and finish their work. They got their own work to do, right? So they're not going to fall out with you because you're not following instruction. They're going to go back and do what they were called to do. So Jethro know, knows where your failure lies. Jethro knows your limitations and capacity. Jethro knows your limitations and capacity. Jethro knew you are doing too much. This is too much. Moses said, well, I get up every morning and I hear all the disputes and I settle all the cases all day long, all day long. One of my spiritual daughters was ministering today about working so much and, you know, just serving, serving, serving to where we neglect the service of worship. So it can be unbalanced. And Jethro saw that Moses had in, in balance. And he said, you know, you, that's too much. You've taken on too much. You're only one person. And you got 2 million men. That's not to mention women and children. That's too much. Who can do that, right? So Jethro, your Jethro will know your limitation and capacity. My Jethro said, daughter, it's not time yet. That is not what God is doing. Because they saw what I could not see. I was looking at the here and now, and I got to do this, I got to do that. But my Jethro, because they've been in this thing longer than I have and have even personally experienced their own failures, they can come back and tell you. And that's the beauty of having somebody mature covering you, watching over you, is that many of the mistakes that we are about to make, they've already made. And so they can, they can man, save. I, you know, one thing my apostle said to me, and I'll say to even my spiritual sons and daughters, you know, your, your ministry walk is much easier because of what I had to go through. And the same thing my apostle said to me, your walk is easier because the things that, that I would have fallen in, the ditches I would have fallen in, you know, I can see them now because he has outlined them and he's, he's, he revealed them to me. He revealed the pitfalls of ministry to me. And so areas where other people have fallen and, and bruised and broke a limb, you know, trying to get back up and trying to get back in place um, because that Jethro has already been there, done that. They can say, hey, well, wait a minute, don't go that route. Don't do that. They can save you. They can. And so a lot of times, you know, many of the things that we go through just being hard headed, right? Um, we could have been spared that if we would have just listened to somebody 
who had already been there, done that. But if you're prideful and you're headstrong, the Bible said headed, high-minded, then I guess you just have to, you know, you're going to have to experience some things for yourself. The way of a transgressor is hard. So Jethro knows your limitations and capacity. Jethro also knows, listen, I love this part, the types of help you need and will guide you in making that selection. This is so important. This is so important because there will be uh, temptations to assign people in position, no matter what your leadership thing is, based upon what you see. Because again, they're just right up under your eyelids. So you just, oh, this person's this person and let them do this, let them do that. But that Jethro has learned the personalities of people, not just that, <clears throat> because they're not in it like you are. They're from a distance. They see things you don't see. And so, again, my Jethro has said, Boy, watch this one, watch that, watch that. And I'm like, wow, thank you. You know, I, I, I missed it. I didn't catch that because you're right in the midst of it. Um, but that Jethro will, he, will have an anointing um, to identify the kind of help you need. And that's what Jethro told Moses. Man, get you. He said, get, listen, get some elders, 70 elders. He was able to give them a number. He was able to give them a vocation. He said, and they need to have your spirit. And so that Jethro was able to tell Moses, these are the kinds of people you need. They need to have your spirit. They need to be, they need to have a good reputation. They need to be people who have stamina. In other words, you can trust them, you know, with, you know, another lady or another man, or you know what I'm saying? They, they, they are people of, um, of repute. You know, they're, they're, they, they have a good uh, conversation about them. In other words, people say good things about them. And, and so it's so helpful. And I can just talk about that from a ministry point of view. It is so helpful when you are considering and you're seeking the Lord about who to position here and who to put there. It's to get a Jethro, get another, get a second opinion so that it's not coming out of what you see and what you feel. And you're not, listen, you're not filling a space based upon urgency. You remember all throughout the, the New Testament, it, it, and I wish one may I'll probably teach class about it, but in the Old Testament, excuse me, New Testament, we look at how they chose men and women for certain assignments. There was a process by that. This wasn't something done in the corner, back room. Oh, by the way, here's so-and-so. No, people, they, you know, this is going to be the deacon, we're going to pray about it. And this is going to be the prophet, we're going to pray about it. This is supposed to be the apostle, the bishop, the elder, we're going to pray about it. We're going to lay hands. There's going to be a public um you know a, a pronouncement and then we're going to release them and then we're going to check in on them that's how that looked in a new in the apostolic um dimension of, of the work of ministry and so that jethro knew these are the kind of people that you, you need some elders you need wise people you need some folks of wisdom now sometimes um and i when i was younger a young pastor in ministry and i would visit different um churches and whatnot and you see different uh operations of ministry and i'll never forget i was at this one particular church years ago again i was a young pastor right so that's why i can <laughs> that's why i can tell, tell some folks some things but i was a young pastor and, and very naive at the time and um i was visiting this church did a whole lot of visitation back in those days i don't do it now praise god but uh and i saw different things and i'm like wow we can do that in our ministry. We can do that here. And so-and-so be good doing that and so-and-so. And so in my mind, right, I'm thinking, I love what I saw in this person's ministry. Let's do it in my ministry. And so lo and behold, um, I did it. I did it one time. I had um, went to this ministry and they had a beautiful 
department. I'm just gonna put it like that. It's a beautiful um, auxiliary. And I was so impressed. I was just, I was like, wow, I, I just wanna have that. I, we've gotta have it. We've gotta have our team to do that. And so I went back to my church and began to look around and saw some people who were gifted, quote unquote, in that area. And, um, you know, began to start, you know, training them and raising them up for that particular auxiliary. And I did it. I did it. Launched that thing. And let me tell you, it was a whole hot mess. Because number one, every ministry has a different grace. And just because there's a grace to do a supporting going again. All right. So I believe I was at the point where I was talking about um, how Jethro knows the types of help that you need. And he knows um, you know, how to help guide you in, in those decisions. And I was also giving you a personal testimony about when I was a young pastor and I saw this particular auxiliary in this church and I thought it was something so wonderful. And I attempted to bring it into my church and um, it was terrible. <laughs> it was terrible because it was not something that God had graced for my church. It was something that I wanted and um, I hadn't, I didn't seek the Lord about it. I just saw it and assumed because it was in church that I could have in mind, God disagreed, and um, I paid dearly for that. So I know not to do that. And so oftentimes when I hear different ministers or pastors say, well, I'm thinking about incorporating this, so I'm thinking about doing that. And I often say to them, you know, did you seek the Lord about that? Because just be because you see this happening in my church or somebody else's church, does that mean, you know, does your house have the grace for that? Do you have a, st a, a trained staff for that? Um, are you prepared for the warfare? that comes along with that. So you can't just adopt what you see other people do unless that's something that God is specifically doing in your life. I'll say, I'll, I'll um, give you another example. Uh, early on in ministry, I learned a lot of lessons early in ministry, trust me. And um, I had went to a particular ministry, went to a revival and saw some things. And I was like, oh, let's, let's try that in our church, right? Let's try this and bought some books and started reading prayers out of these people's books, have not tested and tried those prayers, didn't even know the, how to cover myself from the warfare, from entering into certain realms, and um, went through great warfare. So again, I say to be very careful about what you bring into your ministry or bring into your business or bring into your whatever, into your home, your family, your thing, just because somebody else is doing it, that doesn't necessarily mean that you have the grace to do that. So your Jethro can tell you, hey, I don't know if you're ready for that right now. And I don't know if you, your people are in position for that right now. I don't know if this is the season for that right now. And again, you, if you don't, if you and Jethro have not built an established relationship, it's going to be hard for Jethro to have those conversations. And, and I'll just be honest too. I love to talk about myself because there have been times as I have served as a person's Jethro and their conversations, I, I know I needed to have with that person. And, um, you know, they wouldn't receive it. They would know you're trying to shut my anointing down. You're trying to, I had one woman tell me, and we both laughed because I, <laughs> I couldn't believe she said that to me. But she was like, you know, you're just jealous of my anointing. And I looked at her and I was like, you didn't mean to say that. <laughs> and we both kind of laughed, but she said it though. You know, you laugh, but she said what she said. And, and so you it's not always easy if you are a Jethro, because some of you are Jethros and God, you know, is revealing to you things to, to tell your people, those of you, those who are accountable, that um, are accountable to you and, and looking up to you and being mentored by you, what have you. And, and um, you, the Lord is telling you, they need to sit down or they need to be quiet or they're going to, you know, invite some warfare they're not ready for. And if you say something to them, you know, 
because that relationship, hear me carefully, is one-sided. Listen, they didn't, they didn't connect to you for you to instruct them. They just connected to you for you to help them get to the next level. And so they're not going to receive this correction and stuff. Now, if you tell them, oh, you're doing a good job, keep up the good work. Wow, look at you. Keep be great. You know, oh, they'll sing your praises and they'll bow down and give you obeisance and everything. But there'll be times when, you know, you need to have those hard conversations and your relationship wasn't built to handle that. They, they're not, they're not in it for that. And that's a painful, let me tell you personally, that's a painful place when you as the Jethro, you, you built it to be like that, you know, because you know, that's what God calls you to do is to build and equip and train and so forth. And then when you try to have those conversations, they're like, no, wait a minute, no, I'm, I'm good. And you're like, well, okay, maybe I'm misinformed or maybe, you know, maybe I'm confused because I'm thinking it's this way, but no, they didn't want you for that. They just want what they can get. And um, no, you can't correct me. <laughs> now you can ordain me and you can impart to me and you can use me and, and all, but no, you can't correct me. So it, that's just, I'm just, I'm just saying. That's, it can happen. Anyway, that Jethro is going to be a person who will help you. There may be Jethro and Jethro's and business, business coaches, and you may want to launch out and do a different brand or, you know, extend your, your, your business vision. And they may say, Hey, have you checked the markets yet? It's not good. You know, this is not the time. And here you are, you made a connection with a good wholesaler and they emailing you, sending you catalogs and stuff. I mean, I've been there and you know, you're like, I got extra $500 to decide. Let me go ahead and invest. And your, your business, Jethro, was like, no, nah, people ain't even buying stuff like that no more. That's why, it's so cheap. <laughs> That's why it's so cheap, right? Like that Jethro has that market sense, that market mind, that market anointing, that marketplace prophetic mantle. And they know, yeah, you're going to get stuck with all this product and you're not going to be able to move it. And then there have been times as a business Jethro myself, I have given people connections, business connections. And, you know, they're like, oh, thank you. And you never hear from them again. Next thing you know, they've launched a whole full line off of some advice and consultation and didn't come back to say, boo, like, thank you. I appreciate it. That work, it didn't work. Like, you, you, you don't know unless somebody tells you. So again, you, you have to, when we talk about Jethro, Moses' relationships, it must for it to work the way God intended it to work and for it to be fruitful on both ends it has to be beneficial, has to be consensual, has to be mutual. It can't just be, I'm connecting with you. I did a message on lot a few days ago. I'm connecting with you because of what you can give me, but don't you ask me for nothing. You know, it doesn't work like that. Even Apostle Paul said, he said, look, I'm giving you my spiritual things. Is it, is it, a, is it an issue now that I ask for your physical things, right? You do a message and you ask for a seed. Oh, you know, they want money. Well, you sat and listened for a whole two hours. <laughs> You found out something that could change your life and they're asking you to sow into that. And now it's a problem. The church wants money to sow. Everybody wants money. <laughs> I mean, you know, we need it. It's not one, we need it. So again, it's just, it's just different, y'all. Anyway, uh, Jethro is anointed with the gift of counsel. Jeth this is not a good idea that Jethro had. Jethro had the anointing of counsel because every word that he told Moses, every word of instruction that he told Moses, as Moses Moses executed it, and we'll find that in the next screen. But as Moses executed it, God blessed him. So this is not just somebody giving you some good advice. This Jethro is a person anointed by God with the gift of counsel and insight, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, all of that good stuff. Um, they're not coming to you with a shando and the Lord said in a conversation. 
these people can unlock. And that's why I say keying into your Jethro in a conversation with them. They can unlock destiny. They can unlock a whole new business endeavor. They can un unlock another dimension of ministry. They can, I just had a, a conversation with a Jethro earlier today. And I'm like, wow, like my mind is just so expanded. Like, wow, I can think, uh, you know, like I can think clearly now having those conversations with somebody who's been there, done that, and who's more mature than you in that area. So humble yourself. You know, we're, we don't know everything. We know some things, but humble and listen and submit to those who, who can help you. God put them in your life to help you. So humble yourself and listen. So these people have the gift of counsel. And when they tell you, when they give you a word of instruction, God is going to back that word up. And if you carry it out, God is going to make sure that the word comes to pass. Another point, Jethro helps identify your leadership style. Moses, if Jethro had never had this conversation with Moses, um, Moses, first of all, he would have died prematurely. I, 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 there's just no way one person can bear up all of that labor. You, you, you just you hear the saying, this person worked they, themselves to death. This is where Jethro was, where Moses was heading. He was heading to premature death. And I believe God puts Jethro's in our lives. I know in my life, I know my Jethro's have helped preserve my life because I'm a workaholic. I love to work. That's just, I'm, I'm right now, <laughs> I am bedridden. I have, I'm battling infirmity like nobody's business. I've got a coffee pot. I've got ginger juice, honey. I've got my son, spiritual daughters shipping me Amazon boxes with vitamins and what's the CMOS and uh, one of days, I mean, they sewing into me, right? Sewing because they're like, hey, we need you to be better. We need you back on the front line. And so um, I'm sweating and congesting, but I'm getting this word out, right? Because it's not about me. It's about those that who, um, you know, God has assigned so that I can be this Jethro, even for an hour, I'm, I'm your Jethro. Now, so Jethro helped Moses identify his leadership style. Moses was, had this pastoral thing where these are all my sheep and I'm doing it all by myself. Nothing wrong with that, but that's not what God was doing with Moses. Moses had an apostolic leadership style where it was delegated authorities. And, and Moses, excuse me, Jethro helped to identify that. It's like, you're doing all this by yourself. You need help. And so this was sort of a, a, a pre-apostolic thing that Moses started to ordain and impart his spirit into 70 elders and released them. This was an apostolic word so that he could focus on some of the greater things. Is it not the same thing that we saw happening in the book of Acts with the deacons, where the people were complaining, the, G, the Greek Jews and the um, uh, Hebrew, um, Greek Jews, Greek uh, widows and the Hebrew Jewish widows were complaining they were being neglected. And, and so the apostles were like, hey, you know, we need, a, <laughs> we need somebody else to do this. And so they did, they ordained the deacons to do that work. And so it was Jethro who helped Moses say, man, you, you, you are wearing yourself out on this leadership level. You're really on this leadership level. And so, but in order for you to be successfully functioning on this leadership level, you need to start releasing some people. You need to train them, identify them, make sure they have your spirit and release them so they can do that while you focus on some other things. So Jethro will help you identify your leadership style. Here you are thinking you this. And Jethro's like, no, you're really this. My Jethro did that for me. Like, you know, you, you're not just a pastor, you know. But I love being called Pastor Lisa. I love, to this day, I'm fighting right now. Just, you know, just call me Pastor Lisa. I love it. I just, it's so trendy and it's cute, I think. But that's not who I am. But I love that. I love being Pastor Lisa. Absolutely love it. Um, Jethro will help to simplify your life as a person and as a leader. 
because of course, all the work he's putting into the ministry, he had nothing, no time to spend with his family. Jethro understood that. That's why he had to bring the wife and the children to see him. So Jethro will help you to simplify your life, help you make sense, help you sort some things out. And Jethro will teach you how to place a demand on the people so you don't experience burnout. A lot of people right now are experiencing burnout in church and family and business because you're trying to do everything by yourself. And so Jethro will teach you, uh-uh, raise them up, equip them, give them something to do, right? And so Jethro will teach you how to place a demand on the people. So let's look at now our responsiveness, responsiveness to Jethro's leadership style. Like we've heard what Jethro's assignment is in our life, but what, how do we respond to it as a Moses? Like if you have a Jethro, which you should, at least one, how, what, how, how do you cultivate your heart toward your Jethro? Like what should they expect from you? Well, number one, listen to them, okay? He, Jethro specifically told Moses, he said, if you do this, God will bless you. Jethro understood the blessing of the Lord is on my life. And God has assigned me to you to give you these instructions to preserve you and keep you alive. Because if you continue to do this the way you've been doing it, you're going to die before your time and you're not going to finish your work. And so we have to understand too, and I've seen this and many of you have seen this, many people, particularly in, cha in chapter 21, in the year 2021, have died before their time. They, their works were not done. I'm not saying they miss heaven. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying, many of our people in 21 died before their time. And so your Jethro can help clue you into some things. Hey, you need to slow down. Hey, get some rest. Hey, you're doing too much. And, and because they can see, they can see things further than you can. So as you listen to them, as you submit, God will bless you. God will bless you for uh, submitting to that godly uh, leadership. You will live long. I just said that there are many people who have, have and, and I'll say this too, in ministry, um, I've been pastoring, this is going on, on my 18th year, July will be 18 years, 18 years, Lord Jesus. <laughs> and um, it, 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 ministry is not what it was back in the day. You know, back in the day, you go to church on Sunday, Wednesday, you lock the door, you go home, and you may call your people on the phone once a week, do a check-in. You may do a hospital visit or what have you. And, but that's it, you know, from Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you home and you tending to your family or to whatever your thing is. Well, ministry has changed now. Right now, um, and I'm, I'm just, I'm just, you know, I don't know how else to say it, but just to say it, people expect pastors to be on call 24-7. You know, if you're on Facebook and they see you on Facebook, they're going to inbox you or they're going to text you or they're going to call, you know, so it's almost like you don't really get to have personal time anymore. Um, if you, you know, if you're on vacation, you know, and, and you out and you got, you know, some jeans on, you're almost judged, you know, whereas back in the day, nobody knew what you were wearing during the week. They all, every time they seen you, uh, you were in a suit or in a dress or what have you. So, you know, but when they see you out with jeans and boots and it's like, wow, you know, <laughs> You, you looked at it a little differently. If you, you know, broadcast some type of accomplishment or some type of success, people hold their money back from you because, you know, they think you're doing too much or I don't know, you buy a new car, and, you know, it's the church money and it's not. I mean, you know, it, it, it's just so different now. People are, are so invade Our lives now are just so public. Um, you know, not, they don't just follow what you do, but they're looking on your children's pages. And, and, and so it's just, it's really different. And then not only that, you're not just pastoring now, you've got to be a mental health counselor. You, you know, you've got to be, um, you've got to give business advice. 
you you gotta you know you, you it's just not the same it's it, so much more is expected of pastors when i say pastors i mean church leaders so much more is expected but then can you get that back like you know can do our expectations match one another you know what i'm saying like the same expectation you have of me can i get that from you and so again it goes back to how our relationships are built are they mutual are they beneficial are they helpful to the both of us or is it one-sided you take i give or i give you take like you know how you know how healthy can that be and so it's different for pastors now you gotta compete with everybody else on social media and you you know it's just it's a lot it's a lot so but that jethro will help you stay centered Remember I said in my earlier ministry, I would go to different churches and see something that I like and try to implement it. Well, now I'm not impressed. And I, my church will tell you, I'm just not impressed. Been there, done that. Um, you learn, you know, as you make mistakes, and as you grow, you learn. So, and, and by that learning and applying wisdom, that's what the Bible says, teach us the number of our days, so we can apply our heart to wisdom. You learn and you apply wisdom. And so you don't have to chase every, every invite. You don't have to chase every Facebook live. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to do that. You know, you don't have to post everything you do on Facebook. You don't, you learn. And so that you can preserve your life because now you're not up in the middle of the night fighting, you know, with somebody on Facebook about whatever, whatever your social media thing is. So you live longer because that, that um, Jeff was going to tell you, hey, you spending too much time on Facebook. And when I'm on there, you on there. I had one of my spiritual doors. I said, you know what? Stop posting pictures. Every time I turn around, you got, you know, a new picture, five new pictures every day you in the flesh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What, what's really going on? Like, are we dealing with, are we, what's going on? There's something happening here. Um, so that Jethro will, will call you. They will call you out, call you to the carpet and say, hey, I see something happening. Something's going on. And again, you know, can Jethro correct you or can Jethro just bless you and set you up? You know, you know, it, it, can they also give you instruction? Jethro, as you learn to yield to Jethro's leadership, you will multiply yourself in your leaders. In other words, you'll learn how to grow and train other people. You'll learn how to um, identify other giftings around you. You'll learn that you don't have to do everything by yourself. And so that Jethro's leadership, Jethro's principles will help unlock that part of your brain. Like, hey, I don't have to do all of this by myself. She has a great gift. He has a great gift. Let's coach them and kind of fine tune some things and release them and let them go do it. I'll go do something else. And so your people grow as you grow. But if you want to stay and you want to do everything, then you can't really grow your people because you're in the way. And sometimes you find leadership that suffocate the people like they do everything, you know, and it's like, OK, is there anybody else connected to you or you just what's going on? Um, so my yeah, next point was you enable your leaders to grow as you grow. And then lastly, Moses's ministry. This is very important. His ministry and leadership outlived him because of Jethro's leadership. There are some people, whether you're in business or whatever your thing is. When, when they die, everything with them dies. Like they, they, they never, you know, wrote the book. They never launched the ministry. They never recorded that video. Then, you know, they just never went to the next level because they didn't have a Jethro to pull that thing out of them. Or they never had a Jethro to say, hey, you're doing it wrong. Come here, let me show you how to do it right. And that way you can be fruitful. You know, like being pruned. Nobody wants to be pruned, but we want to be fruitful. You got to be pruned to bear fruit. And so, but because of Jethro's leadership style, Moses' ministry outlived him. In other words, when he passed on, he uh, passed away, brother, he passed on his, le his leadership legacy to Joshua. So, you, you, you know, it's, it's, it's generational, really. 
when you you got a good person who's coaching you and leading you and and you know they're investing in you then guess what it frees you to turn around and pay, and, and and pay it forward pass it on to the next person you don't you know you're not so so in um engrossed in trying to survive you're not survival mode when you're survival mode you can't think it's just i got to get through today i got to get there. you don't even see tomorrow you're not even prepared for tomorrow but when you have a jethro leadership coaching you and telling you and kind of pulling you in in some things and push you out in some things then you know it he they help make sense they help sort out the nonsense to where you can think clearly and put some things in place for the future so thank goodness i was able to get through that part without having to start over i think we've got three parts of this teaching now um, for those of you who are will be enrolling in the um, apostolic college this is what that assignment will look like the um your first set of questions, what formed the basis of Jethro and Moses' relationship? And we talked about that. They were both respectful. They rejoiced over each other's blessings and breakthroughs. They um, honored one another. They obey, um, submitted to one another. And like I said, they were honest, right? How does the meaning of Jethro's name factor into Moses' life and leadership? Well, remember I told you Jethro's name means abundance, prosperity, excellence. Um, and so we see that as Moses keyed into that, that was what he released. As Moses keyed into it, Jethro sold into Moses, Moses also sold into Jethro, and we see the fruit. 70 elders came out of that. Jo Joshua's leadership came out of that. You know, Moses lived longer. He could have lived longer than that, but you know, praise God. Uh, so we see that his life improved under Jethro's leadership. Next question, what constituted the reasons behind Moses' submission to Jethro correcting his leadership style? Number one, Moses could trust him. Moses could trust the correction that Jethro was giving him. Man, you're doing too much, you need elders. You just, he, he, he didn't take what Jethro said as a threat or as being condescending or as being critical. He listened, even though it was a hard listen, it was a hard conversation, but Moses listened. Okay, because he trusted him. What was um, list one of Jethro's observations of Moses' leadership style and his recommended approach? Like I said, you're doing too much. You need 70 elders. And so I said, that, next question is Joshua succeeded Moses in leadership. Name one example when, Moses, when Joshua sent the spies. He delegated. He didn't go himself. He sent the spies into um, Jericho. So you see that the pedigree I mentioned in a couple of classes ago about um, how you receive that from your father. Moses got it from Jethro. Joshua got it from Moses. Jethro passed it down. Moses passed it down. Okay. And so the second part of the assignment is, have you identified your Jethro? If yes, who is it? You may have several like I do. If, if not, should be, if not, um, will you seek the Lord to reveal who they are? I would encourage you to do so. So praise the Lord. Thank God I finally got to that. I don't know what was happening with the internet. But anyway, for those of you that have been blessed by this teaching, if you were able to kind of hang on through the back and forth, I want you to take a few moments and pray about a seed that you were so into the ministry of Love Church Charlotte. You can cash up us at TLC Charlotte. You can text 980-222-0126. Or you can visit the church website, tlcor.org slash giving and be a blessing. Amen. So we pray that um, the this three-part lesson has um, been revelatory to you. We pray that it will help you as you move forward in this new year, help you identify some key people that God has placed in your life, some people that God has assigned to be in your life, and that you will um, reframe those relationships. You know, don't look at 
you know, it's, sometimes we can be very skeptical and, um, you know, just be suspicious of people. But there are some folk that God really truly sent to be a help to you. And you'll know that tree by their fruit. You, you won't have to figure it out and wonder it. God will reveal it to you. He will, the Holy Spirit will never, the Bible said the Holy Spirit will lead and guide you into all truth and righteousness. God is not going to connect you with somebody that's going to take advantage of you or use you. Um, so just open your eyes, be discerning, uh, know them which labor among you, watch people by their fruit, you know, give it time. The relationship between Jethro and Moses took a little bit of time, it took 40 years, you know, to develop that type of relationship. So don't expect you to meet somebody today and by tomorrow, y'all, you know, chummy pals, bosom buddies, it, it may take some time, you know, and then for some, it may be you know, a kindred spirit, you feel you're, you know, like Mary and Martha, you're Mary and Elizabeth, your baby, your baby leaps and you're like, okay, this is what God is doing. You'll know, you know, so it, you know, different sorts of different folks, but you will know, you will know them by the fruit that they bear and by the advice. Like I said, watch for those motives. Um, are they really rejoicing with you when you've launched and you've done this great thing? Or are they really concerned about the things that touch your life? Um, you know, are they willing to uh, uh, authentically and honestly observe your work and give you constructive feedback as opposed to, you know, making you feel, <laughs> making you feel like crap. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, gosh, give me credit for something. I may not be doing it right, but it ain't all wrong. You know, I mean, like, you know, look, look at how that works. Look at how that works. There's a way to correct anybody in a way that doesn't make them feel like they're just the worst person on earth. Um, so look at that, you know, look at, you know, so you say you want me to um, you know, do this, show me how to do it. Don't just tell me what to do. Show me how to do it. And Jethro took his time and explained, this is what you do. Anoint 70 elders, make sure they have your spirit, put them here, put them there, let them handle the everyday affairs of the, of the people and the heavier and the weightier matters you do it. He, he gave, he, listen, your Jethro is not going to set you up for failure. They're not going to just give you something to do and then say, okay, well, you know, let me know how it work out. They're going to make sure that you are fully equipped to carry that assignment out. Okay. All right. Well, you've been listening to Apostle Dr. Delisa. This is a course in, um, in our apostolic college. And um, I think it's in the school of apostles and it was entitled keying into your Jethro. So make sure you take some time to identify who your Jethro's are shout them out, send them a love seed, tell them you love them and you appreciate them. And if you don't know who your Jethro's are, male or female, ask the Lord, Lord, who, who is that person or people? Um, it's not gonna be a whole lot, I'll tell you that, but Lord, who, who is my Jethro? Who's supposed to help me get through this or get over this or how to do this? Reveal it to me, God. Amen. All right. God bless you. We love you. Until next time. God bless.